Mel Purcell, thanks again for your time. We have um, chatted recently. Um, unfortunately, because of um, events that have transpired over the last few days, we, we've decided to sort of shelve that one for a little while. We thought it'd, it'd, it's probably more appropriate at the moment to to have a bit of a chat about um, about what's recently happened. It's it's one of those things. Like I think, as a as human beings and as a community, you just you feel like you you just want to do something, but you know, there's it, you feel like there's nothing that you can do. So um, yeah. I thought, well, obviously, I've got this this podcast. A couple of people listen to it. If somebody happens to to <laughs> listen to it, that you know might be close or um, you know, somebody from one of the families might have a listen to it. You know, we might be able to give them a few yeah. little things to help them get get through this this terrible time. Yeah. So, as I've yeah. just said to you, sort of off recording, like this is very ad hoc. You know, we're just going to have a bit of a chat. We've just sort of thrown this together at the last minute, but I certainly appreciate your time. Um, oh, my pleasure. Yeah, and um, yeah, we're sort of doing it on the run, but um, but we'll get through it. So. I suppose, as I said to you, the the first thing that I wanted to to ask you, you know, obviously being somebody that that has sort of dealt with this before with with people and, and families, is focusing on the the families that are directly involved that have you know tragically lost lost you know young people that that they love. Um, as I say, I'd, I doubt whether any of them would be listening to this, but you know, if there's one slight chance that they could be, what what advice would you give them? What what sort of things do you think they need to do to to get through? Gosh, that's such a hard question. It is beyond devastating and consuming <clears throat> what's happened. So and grief is such an incredibly tricky process to go through. There's so many phases and they used to call them stages, but it was such a misrepresentation because you don't generally and pleasantly go from one to the next you kind of dip in and out of them depending on what's happening so it's really complex so I think the main thing I would say to someone that's front row affected by this is that everyone does it differently and that's absolutely okay try to not be upset if someone appears to be doing it easier or taking it harder it's not a reflection of how much you love someone it's not a competition everyone does it differently For me personally, I'm a very angry griever. I'm revolting to be around. I swear like a trooper. I get really short-tempered. I'm I'm astronomically revolting. I'm not a good person when I'm grieving. Other people cry a lot. They seek comfort. They want to be held. Some people don't want to be held. I'm a runner too. I literally have to physically remove myself from the situation. So everyone literally does it differently. Try and be mindful when you are grieving, not to dip into self-destructive behaviours like if you think your drinking's getting a bit excessive or your eating's a bit out of control, try and be a bit mindful of that. And I know that's really tricky when you are front row grieving, but also try and do things that look after yourself. So try and get those natural highs. So get some sunshine, have a hot shower, enjoy a cup of tea, try and maintain sleep, try and maintain routine. It's really, really important for your body and your mental health to keep that routine going, even when everything else has collapsed and everything is so incredibly hard and so consuming. Try and get up, shower, make your bed, you know, just do those normal things that you would do anyway, which sounds like it's pointless, but you need to keep that routine going if you can. I don't want you to go to work or push yourself, but just that basic routine and that self, looking after yourself, the hygiene and the basic functions. Try and eat regularly, sleep there, crucial. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
And again, just from from your time in in working sort of in this area, what sort of and this is probably more for the people who are supporting the families who've you know have gone through this terrible um, time. What are they likely to be feeling at the moment? Complete shock, disbelief, yep. denial, anger. Just yeah, I, I think initially it would be the shock phase. So they may present like they're functioning somewhat. Then that's going to go really quickly. And that's okay. Um, the other thing I should have mentioned, because there's a lot of little people involved, is little people do grief really differently. Yeah. They often present like they fluctuate between grieving and normal, and that's really confronting for adults. So they may appear to be playing one minute and crying the next and completely okay the next. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with your children. If they appear to be happy one moment and grieving the next, they just move between the emotions really intrinsically and really naturally and adults get kind of stuck in it and a bit more rigid. So children are just so good at feeling it and letting it breathe and moving on. So please don't think if there's anything wrong with your children, they're just do it, doing grief beautifully, really naturally, yeah. whereas adults kind of struggle with that. So um, at the moment, as I said, I think people will be feeling a lot of shock and denial and anger and that's usually the initial stages and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And and when you talk about the, the children and how they grieve, would it be the same for, for children that unfortunately witnessed what, what happened yesterday? Or or would it would it be different for their classmates that, that weren't there and Yeah. That's that's really tricky. The ones that were front row have a whole other level of trauma that I am so deeply sad and have experienced because this is ideally they get some support because this is going to sit with them for such a long time and shape who they are as human beings. So they may have nightmares, they may regress, they may bedwet, their language may may regress, they may seek more comfort, they may develop anxiety. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they're going to need comfort in because it was such a life-altering and tragic experience. So that's a very different experience than a normal grief and loss because it was such a traumatic experience. Yeah. So that's something to just watch as well with little people that were yeah. in that environment. Yeah. And what about for the ones that were just classmates that didn't actually see it, but yeah. they know that, you know, their friends are gone or, yeah. yeah that. So this is where it gets tricky because there's vicarious trauma as well where you, you gain a trauma based on secondary information and that can happen as well because their classmates may want to talk about it. Yeah. They're going to know it's happened. There's going to be there's so much media release, which we will talk about in a minute, and press releases, which aren't helpful. And that may give them a level of vicarious trauma. So they may just develop trauma based on it. They may be a bit, they may have had other traumas and be a bit, you know, a bit sensitive to it. So it could be that or it could be grief. It's a very complex it's up to the individual how well they go based on all the ingredients they've got in their life and the support and, you know, everything else they've had going on. But it's a possibility it could go either way, which is really, really concerning and awful for little ones and adults as well. Yeah. Do you find in, in your experience that it takes the adults longer to get over these things than the kids or the kids still have lingering things for quite a while but they're just not as, as prevalent? I, I oh, It's a hard one. I don't think there's a difference. It depends on how the person tries to manage it. If a person tries to repress it, because our bodies are designed to experience something and release it, but as a Western culture, we try and repress it. So if we don't talk about it and feel it, it comes out in like illness or some other way. So it really depends on what kind of environment the child or the adult's in, whether they feel they can talk about it or seek help 
or whether they feel validated, comfort in a sense, and a safe environment. So it really depends on that. So there's it's, it's no difference between an adult or a child. There's no resilience difference. It depends on all the ingredients they've got in their world to yeah. how they cope with it, really. Yeah. For, for the teachers and, and the employees of the school, obviously, you know, we talk about the the parents and, you know, the unimaginable pain that they're probably going through at the moment. These these teachers see these kids on a daily basis, so they become part of their family as well. Yeah. Do, do they grieve the same as, as the parents are likely to? Yeah. Or would it be oh, a bit gosh, yeah, yeah. I've got teachers that are friends, friends that are teachers, and I, they love their children. Like, yeah. they're sick class children they they are like their primary caregiver for six hours a day and they invest so much and I don't think you could be a teacher if you didn't really want to grow a human being and really love and invest in that person and I just I cannot imagine the pain and the I just can't imagine what they're going through it would just be so awful yeah it would just be awful so I imagine they're grieving and they're feeling so many levels of um just complexity around that as well yeah it'd just be beyond awful yeah and maybe a bit of guilt too yeah. do you think that obviously the kids I was were thinking the I was and... trying not to use the word responsibility because they've done nothing wrong that was no. such a beautiful thing they were doing and this was just a freak accident but I think they would be trying to risk manage all the ways this could have happened not happened and there's no way you could have predicted this mm. and so they would just be feeling so conflicted about this so there would be so many negative emotions because they're such kind hearts to go into this environment and do this kind of work. Yeah. And all the media, yeah, it would just be, it would be an awful time yeah. for them. It would just be really, really tricky. If you were talking to someone in that situation from the school who came to you and was, was feeling guilty, what, what sort of advice, what sort of conversation would you have with them? I think you would have to look at all the reasons, like really challenge that negative self-talk and look at all the reasons why there was nothing they could have done that could have created this environment because there was there would have been nothing they would ever have even tried to do to make this happen. They are such amazing people to do this work that yeah. it's just not possible. Yeah, so you'd start with trying to challenge that negative self-talk, reassure them, explore it, unpack the grief, the loss. There'd be just so many complex layers to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just going back a step before what I was talking to you about with what sort of emotions the, the families directly would, would be dealing with, what about the people that are supporting them? What sort of advice would, would you give them? So not people that it's their children, but, you know, friends of the family and aunties and uncles and yeah. things like that who are trying yeah. to help mum and dad through this shocking time. What what, what sort of yeah. advice would you give them? I think the biggest thing I hear when I work with people who have had a significant loss is that everyone's fantastic for the initial couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then after that, people get on with their life, which is perfectly fine, but they for, they forget about this incredible consuming hole and grief and loss these people are experiencing, and they don't check in with them anymore. Yeah. And so if you can, just be mindful and try and check in, see how they're going, you know, talk about the lost one. People tread on eggshells and won't say their name. Please do. If, if for some reason the family don't want you to, respect that and ask them. But I don't know any families that wouldn't want you to mention their child after a loss. They still want to talk about them. They still want to acknowledge that they were a human being and they existed. And, you know, it's those two months, three months, six months that really they really do need your support. They need you popping around. They need you maybe to help, I don't know, just come in and sit with them while they cry. The anniversary, the first Christmas, the first birthday, the first mother's fun. They, those anniversaries are going to be exceptionally hard 
Yeah. So be really mindful of that. Ask them what they need. Be yeah. really open about having those conversations and saying, like, I know this Christmas is going to be really tough for us as a family because we're missing this person. You know, we really want to be really respectful. What would make it the most comfortable for you? What do you need? What do you want? How can we make this okay? Just have the conversations and don't just dip out of their life after a couple of weeks when the hype is there because that's when everyone does and that's when it hurts the most. Yeah, well, actually, the previous one I spoke to um, Tracy Bruce on here when she was talking about funerals and things, she said that's one of the hardest things for people is, you know, after it's all over, like the funeral part, as silly as it sounds, that that part's one of the easier parts because, you know, everyone's there yeah. supporting you and you're, you're keeping yeah. your mind busy. It's when you're... I think yeah. we were talking about it as if, you know, you're looking out the window and the world's going past, but you're still stuck. You're still stuck in that bubble, exactly. aren't you? Yeah. yeah so just exactly be mindful right. of that. Yeah. 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 Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and again, this is just from, from personal experience, that I've had absolutely nothing to do with this school and I have no connection to it or anything at all. But, you know, when I spoke to my wife yesterday on the phone, you know, we both cried about it and I'm sure that there's a, a lot of people that are and and you feel you feel stupid to be honest because we, we've got nothing we've got nothing to do with it we've lost nothing um you know you feel guilty because you could come home and, and cuddle your kids and all I wanted to do yesterday when I when I found out was you know leave work and go and pick up my kids and just and just give them a hug so you feel you know, you feel guilty about that too, but then you also feel like as a community, like that we're all grieving. So what, mm. what advice would you give to people that have got, like myself, that have got absolutely nothing to do with this, but are still affected by it? What, what would you, what would you say there? Just be kind to yourself. It's okay to be human and to have a heart to feel empathy for other people. I, I know as a parent, I've pretty much cried since it happened. I felt sick when I found out I had to cut a client short. And they were really good about it, but I just, I couldn't function. And I didn't even know who was involved at the time. I just could not cope with the news. And I know as a parent, it changes you. And I know some people aren't parents are equally expected. And that's okay, because it means that you have this connection to the community and you're feeling for the community. That is fine. It is okay to be human. It's okay to feel the loss. This is such an incredible, devastating, significant loss the community is feeling. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we're all so affected. I think we would, I'd be quite concerned if people weren't affected. Then we'd be having a whole other conversation that would be really concerning. Yeah. But just be really kind to yourself. If you find that you are stuck in that, you're having, you know, nightmares or you can't shake it or, you know, a week later you really find it really heavy, that's when you need to reach out and say, this has really triggered something to me. I'm not sure. You might not know why. You might know why. I don't know. Um, and I need to unpack this a bit because this is not working for me. I'm, I'm kind of feeling this really heavy and it's initially it's very normal for people to feel shocked and upset but if it stays with you then that's not working that's not okay that's when that's you need to reach out to yeah. yeah 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 i suppose as i say one of the the hardest feelings with it is you just feel helpless too because you you just oh, want to gosh, take yeah. you just i suppose i can only speak for myself you, you just want to take their pain away but you know that there's nothing that you can nothing that you can do um and I was thinking about it this morning. I thought maybe that's why we do grieve as a community because subconsciously, I don't know how the universe works, but it's like if they can spread that grief amongst all of us just a tiny yeah. little bit, maybe that does take it away from them just a tiny yeah. little bit. Maybe that sounds ridiculous, but you no, know, it just point one of a percent. That's it. And some people believe we're all connected anyway. So if yeah. you grieve, I agree with you, Phil. I feel, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I did just want to say a few tips because it is um, – 
so fresh in the community at the moment, if we've got time for this, is that at the moment it's all over social media, it's all over the news, and I strongly suggest people limit their contact with social media in the news because it is incredibly triggering. I know I can't look at Facebook without it being every second or everyone's you know posted and that's absolutely fine but it is exceptionally triggering and for little people they don't need to see that because they cannot filter it out so it's really too much for little people so please try and limit how much content they're consuming and if you can try and connect with your loved ones because everyone is suffering or most people are suffering so much at the moment you need that connect with little people they might want to connect with you a bit more. They might want to seek your comfort. They might want to seek validation that they're safe. And that's perfectly normal. As I said earlier, it's a really big trauma for little people. I know all the schools are talking about it. It's just such a shock for everyone. So please just really reinforce that they're safe, that they're okay. Tell them they're loved just you know, as much as you can to make them feel all right. If you do notice any regressions in their behavior, please do seek some professional support. You've got things like Lifeline, which is 131144, which is, I think, 24 hours. Don't quote me. You've got the Kids Helpline, which is under 17s, which is 1-800-551-800. You've got the Mental Health Helpline, which is the Tasmanian service, which can link you into crisis services, which is 1-800-332-338. And then, of course, you've got your GP mental health care plans where you can access longer-term counselling if you need to. But the other ones are more a crisis than if you just need to offload to someone in the meantime. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll leave it at that. As I say, there's not much more that we can really do at the moment other than, you know, put these messages yeah. out there. And, and like I said, you know, nobody might listen to this, and that's okay too. But at least if we put it out there, at least, you know, we've yeah. we've used this vehicle to, to try and sort of help a few people if anyone does get a few tips out of it. And also what I'd say too is if anyone, you know, has any further questions or anything like that, you know, feel free to send me a message. I know you're probably inundated at the moment. So if they oh, want to send absolutely happy to answer them though. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if they can um if they want to send me a message, I'll soon send them on to you because you you're better equipped to, to help them than I am. But as I say too, you know, to anyone in the community, I think it's a great message that, that you did say that it's you know, it's okay, whatever anyone's feeling, you know, don't feel silly, don't feel stupid, you know, if you've got nothing to do with the, the school or the people and, you know, you feel that you're, you're grieving yourself. It's, I suppose it's one of the, it's one of the beautiful things that makes us human, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cool. Thank you for the opportunity to pass on some tips. I appreciate this immensely. No, my pleasure. And thanks for your time, Mel, as always. Oh, my pleasure. We apologise because it was remiss of us not to also talk about our um, our amazing first responders, you know, our emergency service workers, our fire brigade, police officers, ambulance workers, and, and also the amazing nurses and doctors who, who we know have been working working tirelessly over the over the last couple of days. So uh, Mel said the the things that they're likely to be going through are, are very similar to to other people. You've got shock, denial, heartache, disbelief. Um, Mel has spoken to a, a number of them and, and they've openly said that it's been the worst day of their life which is completely understandable um, you know some of them feel traumatised and heartbroken and not, not sure how they're going to go back to work but we know that they will because you know they're amazing um, Mel's advice to them would be very similar to other people you know reach out, uh, talk it out make sure that you seek people out to talk to um, some of the best ways to process trauma is to put language to it. So you could also write, journal, um, 
critical debriefing, which I know a lot of the services will do anyway, and obviously counselling and, and connect with loved ones. But she said also, um, same as other people, it's it's something that a lot of people don't think about, but make sure that you sleep and eat as well because it's it's important to be kind to yourself and, and keep that routine in your body as well. Hope that helps.